0: We were in negotiations. We're investing in real estate. They're winning. They're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amolsh. This podcast is unlike anything we've ever done, anything I've ever seen, because we not only help real estate investors, but we dig into the content creation behind that. We want to help real estate investors and real estate influencers build their wealth make more money. If you like what you hear, even if you don't, do me a favor. I'm trying to grow the channel or trying to grow the podcast. Leave me a five-star review and share this with a friend. And speaking of friends, I have one with us today. Super excited, Matt, to have you on the episode today. Um, You and I have gotten to know each other over the years at at some of these uh, real estate education events and the, the networking and the networking parties after the networking. Um, so it's been a real pleasure getting to know you. And I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more on the show. So you've been doing this since 2015. And you have what 40 40 uh, rental units and hundreds. I, what, let me see here. You have 244 beds at an assisted living facility or probably uh, several facilities. So excited to get to know about all that. But why don't you tell us, Matt, who are you? Like, we're, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Like you said, I started in 2015. I thought that I had to start with uh, small stuff. So I bought a triplex. I lived in one unit and rented out the other two, saved up money for my job to be able to get the down payment on that with an FHA loan. And then uh, you'll save up more money. And I eventually was able to buy another triplex, but it was just going so slowly. I thought like I I, traded in these triplexes for a 10plex and just over time to be able to get to like a large apartment complex. But then I learned about real estate syndication in 2019. And that just blew my mind because i thought man this saves all my problems for me you know I'll, you know i no longer have to wait to save up enough money for a down payment on a place because i'm using other people's money and i can just jump into the bigger stuff i don't have to scale up over time uh, so that's what i started doing started learning from that started investing in those and then uh, now started to take a more active role as well in real estate syndication with large multifamily and as well as uh, senior assisted living
0: Okay, so you multifamily and the assisted living. So I want to get into that a little bit here too. Um, but let's start with that first triplex. Like, so you were interested in real estate, obviously, as an investment when you bought that triplex. So, how did you even get interested in the business to, to start with?
1: Oh well, I mean, I read *Rich Dad Poor Dad* back in uh, like maybe 2003, but then it took me 12 years before I bought my first property. You know, I I you know I did uh, some network marketing and thought that would be the way to get grant you know get some cash to be able to you know, buy a real estate property, but that didn't work out so well. But learned a lot anyway, and uh, so eventually I was like, you know what. What, what the heck am I doing? I'm wasting my life. I, I need to do what my original plan was back then, and started looking at some places in 2015. Turns out, great time to buy real estate. You know, <laughs> like you can buy anything, and it held. You know, if you hold on to it, then it's going to do well. And uh, yeah, that turned out to be a cash cow. Made a lot of money from that. Eventually went, went uh, full cycle on it, and um, but. uh, You know, I have a background in group home management, and I kind of adapted that to managing the triplexes, you know, they were sort of easier versions of managing a group home, some regulations, but far fewer, Uh, still having to manage the residents and whatnot. And that's always fun at times. But uh, with uh, real estate syndication now, you know, going with the bigger stuff, I like it better because there's a layer between me and the residents. You know, they don't even know I'm one of the owners. So I'm not getting these 3 a.m. calls of like, oh, there's a homeless person sleeping in the hallway or whatever, Uh, (laughs) which I definitely got before. I'm sure you have. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Anyway, so I... I prefer that and then i wanted to teach other people as well about how to get to that point you know because you, again you don't have to scale up slowly over time you can just decide what you want to do from the forefront and then just jump right into it
0: so the that triplex um that's such a great way to start right mm-hmm. we call it house hacking now that's the term that everyone's using is where you rent out a portion of the property you own you live in a portion so i've never done that I well, I guess I did. I had roommates, if that counts, but they were like buddies, you know, mm-hmm. someone I would hang out with. You did it where there, these aren't people you knew. I mean, these were like legit tenants. So did you ever get like them knocking on your door? Like I need help with, I locked myself out or
1: any crazy stories like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because they know when I'm home, and so they can just knock on my door with whatever kind of questions. But uh, whether it's uh, uh, mice or, or yeah, a homeless person living in the closet in the entryway, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, or or whatever kind of problems. Like I was, the triplex was just in the path of the riots in Minneapolis when those happened in 2020. So that. Uh, <laughs> was uh, definitely a, a challenge at that point with the neighborhood kind of on fire literally but luckily nothing happened to my triplex um but uh yeah so managing the tenants uh, actually over time i because i owned it for a little over five years and so there were a couple people i knew that i had as tenants uh, for uh, a bit but most of the tenants i didn't know
0: yeah okay yeah so you, for for the listeners you're out in minnesota and in, the, in the minneapolis um so that was the the riots that we experienced that was all national news of course but just so everyone knows that you're in minneapolis and you talked about regulation also that's because you're in minneapolis also there's a, there's more regulation in minnesota than most parts of the country um but okay so you read rich dad poor dad you got excited about real estate you got excited about passive income and you want to help your family. You want to do the things you want to do. You just got back from a a pretty sweet European trip, it sounds like, which I'm sure real estate was able to create for you. Um, But you bought this triplex. A lot of people read Rich Dad Poor Dad, Matt, and they don't buy a triplex. So what made you actually take that action that so many people
1: don't do? Well, because I looked at the numbers of what my job was providing me and my 401k and realizing, okay, I have to work until this point to be able to have this amount of income. And what, you know, with uh, inflation, you know, how much is that money actually going to be worth by the time I'm 60, 65. And then I, I realized I couldn't count on social security. Like, I don't even know if that's going to be around by the time I'm that age. So I, I realized I have to take my retirement, my life into my own control because nobody else is going to do it for me. And even though it was scary to jump into the first deal, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know what was going to happen from it, I knew I had to do something. I had to take action and uh, looked at some various properties, picked out what I thought would be the best fit for what I wanted, and just jumped right in and pulled the trigger. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Were you married at the time? I know you're married now. No, I was single at the time, but then actually, no, I was dating my wife. Yeah. For, you know, then girlfriend for like a year. Uh, and so she kind of toured places with me.
0: Okay. So she was on board with, Hey, let's live next to our tenant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That's, that's awesome. So you not you don't regret, it doesn't sound like any regrets here. Cause that really launched your career.
1: Yeah, exactly. That uh, sharpened my teeth, uh, you know, or to, to really just jump in and, and experience firsthand what it was like, to own property and to manage property and to oversee tenants because even though i'm not overseeing the residents now uh, at the properties i know what it takes to do a good job at least Um, so i can oversee when i'm looking at what the property manager is doing i can recognize if they're doing a good job or not yeah
0: that's a good point I, i had a bunch of properties out in memphis tennessee and i gotta tell you man i had the harder time managing those managers And I've had multiple out there than my own properties that I own here in town. um, But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't actually manage my own properties first. So I think that's fantastic advice. But now you're like, I want it more passive. So you're like ultra focused on creating passive income for for you and for clients and for your friends and, and all of that. So you got into the syndication business. Why don't you just start by telling us what is that?
1: So essentially the easiest thing is it's multiple people pulling their money and resources and knowledge together to take down a bigger property than any of them perhaps could on their own. And uh, what makes it a syndication is that some of the people are active where they're you know finding the deal, managing it, overseeing the property manager, making sure the business plan is being executed appropriately. And then there's other people in the deal that are only passive, who don't do any work whatsoever. And because of that, it becomes a, a security and it's guided under the SEC. There's, you know, more regulations than if you were just to own a property outright yourself. Um, and so we, you know, the people I work with, we are very keen on making sure we're on the up and up with following those rules and regulations. There's plenty of money to be made, and it's fine to, you know, even though the regulations are kind of a hassle at times, it's far better just to follow the rules and laws and and, and because really they're built in our favor like with tax benefits of real estate ownership and uh it's a beautiful thing
0: yeah so the syndication you bring in private investors and you and your team will go out and locate the property acquire the property manage it disposition you handle all of that Mm -hmm. so you're you're passive investors that's truly is passive i joke sometimes like i'll be in a class or whatever matt and I'll say, okay, so who loves passive income? Who's got rental properties? Okay, leave your hand up if it's passive. Never, never does someone leave their hand in the air. So your triplex, fantastic investment. You probably got fabulous returns, but that isn't passive. No, not at all. Very Very active. active. Yep, passive is check, deposit, check, and that's it. Um, So when you do your syndications, your passive investors, they're actually
1: owners in the in the syndication or in the project correct correct they are equity owners and they get all the tax benefits from that equity ownership but none of the hassles of those 3am phone calls about homeless people living there or things like that
0: so tell us about the last last deal you did how'd you structure it what is it walk us through
1: Yeah, so uh, let's see. There, um, it was a ninety-four unit deal in Columbus, Ohio, that I was helping to raise some capital for. It was a a townhouse community, and um, you know, two thousand nine built, so pretty new, and so it just needed some light renovations, essentially. So it's more of a turnkey for the most part. Whereas normally in the past, I had focused more on. Uh, value add, where you you come, you renovate the units, you make them worth more, and then you can, uh, you know, charge more in rent, that sort of thing. But this was more in preparation of, you know, if we do have a recession coming, I don't know, or if we are in a recession, or if we had a recession, I don't know. But uh, you know, when times are challenging, you want better quality properties from the get go that are cash flowing, and so it's a little more cash flow heavy, and uh, so we raise some capital. Um, it was about a nine nine million dollar raise on this one and um yeah i expect it to do very well it's uh, columbus is a great market and uh uh, you know it's a A class property you know just barely a class but uh, a class nonetheless and i think uh, if we are heading to a recession a class is a great type of product that you want to have
0: so it's fully stable meaning it's mostly occupied yep correct and then your management team manages
1: probably a property manager that's managing the property itself. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, you know, the people that, uh, you know, that I'm working with that are put this on, like we're all local to minute or Minnesota. And, uh, so we have a local property management company that oversees it, but then we have an asset manager, a part of the group that will go in and, uh, have regular phone calls each week with the property manager to Make sure that they're following the business plan appropriately. That the renovations or like the light renovations are getting done appropriately, and the business plan is in place. And uh, then the asset manager will also fly out there on a regular basis to see in person that everything is going (laughs) the way that it's supposed to be. And uh, um, so it uh, it works well that way essentially. So you don't you know none of the owners are there on site, but we don't have to be.
0: The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value-add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Okay. And then the passive investor participates in the appreciation of the property, the tax benefits, which you alluded to, that's going to be the depreciation that you can write off on your taxes. Um, The tenants paying off the loan. I'm I'm assuming there's some debt in place. Mm -hmm. So you, all the benefits and the cash flow, of course, all the benefits that you would get of owning your triplex, you would get in this type of scenario, minus probably some fees to whoever's
1: managing the money for you. Right. Exactly. I mean, and they're really nominal fees. The primary way for the active partners to make money is by making sure that it's the property is, is profitable for the passive investors. So the, while well, while well, there are just some basic fees to cover the costs of running the place, like the the cost for the flights out to go there and, and, and whatnot, but uh, uh, you know, the, and over there than that, the passive investors get paid first and then the active partners get paid once the, passive investors are are you know starting to make, be made whole from their investment
0: are you seeing any any shifts in the market with syndications of this type because of the banks tightening up
1: you know i think it's only starting to soften up a bit and i expect over the next year that's going to happen much more because there's a lot of people who got you know bridge loans or variable rate uh loans that uh you know maybe they locked in a, a rate but you know that rate cap is expiring you know either over this year where it just uh, expired and so there are syndication companies that are having to do a few different things they're either going to have to have a fire sale just like oh we we got caught with our pants down we have to sell it right now for a loss um or they're going to you know re-up a, a, uh, their, you know, um, uh, loan to be able to refinance it, but with greater interest rates than what they originally planned. Because if you think a year and a half ago, what the interest rates are, and, and if you bought something then you're like, oh, I'm going to refi at 3%. And that's not no longer <laughs> possible to do. Right. And so they're either after going to eat that or they're going to have to do some recapitalization where they have to put in some more, more of their own money or do a capital call to have the passive investors put more money into it or take some third-party money uh, from somebody else to come in and, and to kind of save the deal.
0: So I guess that's one risk from the private investor's perspective. If, if the interest rates are going up and you can't get that refinance done, there might be a, there's a chance that you're going to have to put in some more money to keep everybody safe sounds like.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's not for every single deal. But I would say, over the past few years, there's been a lot of syndicators that have been really far too aggressive with their underwriting and the prices that they've been paying. And those are the people that are really in trouble now. Whereas the you know people who like such as the people i work with we're more conservative with our underwriting we, you know we stress test what we're doing to make sure like okay if things go wrong in the future if we have another recession is the property at this price point is it still going to be able to ride through those problems to the other side then okay yes but if the sellers want too much money for it and it doesn't make sense we just walk away no need to even look deeper into those kind of deals we, we only do things that are going to make sense uh, but like I said, there's a lot of syndicators who just buy and, you know, too high and everything has to go right for their deal to make money. And right now <laughs> that that that's not happening, you know? So um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of money on the sidelines right now, ready to come in to grab these deals that are really going to flounder over the next year or so. Do you, are you
0: finding it tougher to raise money with a Just the the fear in the market. I mean, you have these giant banks going down. You have bank runs, flight to quality, all these things that we're hearing. Are you finding it
1: more challenging for you? Yes, absolutely. Because of these banks failing and the stock market volatility, there are a lot of investors who have capital, but are really worried about what might happen with the real estate market. Um, Even though I would say in- when the market is volatile with uh, the stock market and the economy you want to put your money in real assets like real estate because that's a secure uh, as long as it's run appropriately it's a secure way to store your money to preserve it for the future so yeah,
0: as long as we're not in 2008 again which i don't believe but what do you what do you think about that
1: oh i i mean it's completely different factors now than there were in 2008 so it, it's really not comparable in my mind Um, But uh, there are certainly, like I said, some syndicated deals that are gonna go wrong. But, um, you know, so you wanna make sure, I think that the more important thing, if you're gonna invest with a syndication, who's in charge of the deal matters more than the deal itself. You know, if they're an experienced operator, been through the ringer many times, you know even if it's a mediocre deal they're going to make it work out but if it's a you know a newbie or somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or somebody shady that's in charge it could be the greatest deal in the world but they're going to run it to the ground
0: yeah i couldn't agree more and i'm invested in five different
1: syndications
0: right now matt and and two of the five had capital calls because of the environment and and it sucks right it's not fun but when you have the right people like you're talking about i'm i'm happy to contribute my portion because i know the project is being managed correctly so totally agree with you there it's you're investing in the manager not necessarily the deal but look at both right i'm not telling mm-hmm. someone to just go be crazy i mean you definitely want to write the deal on your own as well um so interesting you're finding it a little bit challenging to raise money um are they looking for higher rates or are they just on the sideline what, what are the, what's the feedback you're getting
1: from investors or yes. uh, yeah they they just want to wait and see what happens for the most part um so and yeah, it, yeah in, in my mind, when, uh, you know, when the, the market, when other people are waiting and seeing, that's actually a really good time to buy. So there's still great deals out there. Um, and, and there's going to be more deals in the near future as well. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, really with real estate, it has ups and downs, but over time, if you look at the trends, it's going up and up and up, you know, and <laughs> I'm preaching to sure the choir with you, I know. But uh as long as you buy you can buy at any time point in the market cycle and uh, if you buy it right and you operate it correctly and you can ride through any difficult times to the other side where it still cash flows at least a little bit or at least breaks even you're going to be able to land it uh, to make money when the market comes back up again yeah I love what I'm hearing so you're
0: you're you're more positive with what's going on right now because you're looking at it as potential opportunities for your group
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we're not flipping properties. The idea is to hold these for longer periods of time, and uh, you know, enjoy the cash flow and the appreciation. And we have flexibility when we sell, so we don't have like a you know, okay, we're going to sell this in in two years, no matter what's going on in the market. No, uh, you know, if we're going to hold on to it for five plus years, and but five years from now the market is down, we're just going to hold on to it for a little longer until it, it comes back up. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. What are you? So what are you doing with your personal cash right now? Are you investing in these? Yeah. Yeah. Investing. I still have some on the sidelines because, uh, but, uh, you know, investing at the same time. Okay, cool. Well, we're kind of running short on time and I
0: definitely want to get to your experience helping other people and their reach their goals. So I know you have a podcast. You've been helping Todd with his podcasts. You wrote a book. We should probably talk about all of those. So where
1: do we start? All right. Well, might as well start with the podcast. I you know, joined a, a podcast with Todd Dexheimer called Pillars of Wealth Creation. I took over for his other co-host, uh, but I've been doing that since what, 2019 now. <laughs> Man, on almost four years. Yeah. Um, and so we've had almost 600 episodes now, and we talk about all sorts of things, uh, real estate and, and business mindset type of stuff. I would say it's heavy on syndication, but it's not just about syndication. And uh, so that's a great resource. You can search back through our archive and find pretty much any kind of topic that you can think of. And then I started a new podcast uh, called "Pillar." I'm sorry, Passive Real Estate Podcast, uh, just a few months ago, which focuses on helping support people who want to passively invest into real estate. So I talk with other passive investors about their experiences and insight, as well as active syndicators who raise money from passive investors. So to learn about different ways of investing passively and how uh, you know, what to expect from a good syndication sponsor.
0: Yeah. And you had me on about our mortgage fund. So I appreciate that. It was fun hanging out with you and we're starting, we're kind of starting our podcast at the same time. So this is, this is great watching, watch each other's journey and growth. So this is, this has been fun. Um, so where do we find, i guess we'll just leave in the show notes right links to both of these podcasts um i know you and todd do a fantastic job on that one so be sure to check out both of those podcasts pillars of wealth and the passive real estate podcast um and then your book that you had such an interesting idea when you when you publish this book so tell us what the idea was and, and what the book is
1: yeah well essentially it's the book that i wish existed when i started learning about real estate so it's a book about other real estate books I, what I did was I I looked at the whole spectrum of real estate investing and found what I thought to be the best book that covered each topic. And I summarized it, condensed it, you know, pushed it, got just down to the meat and potatoes of each book down to a chapter worth of material. You know, sometimes books can be sort of repetitive and and whatnot, but uh, I, I took all the best material, put it into a chapter. And then, so by reading my book, you essentially read 20 plus books about real estate. And uh, it's called book about real estate. Uh, the title was open. So I took it. And so I, I wrote the book about real estate.
0: I love it. It's so funny. Whenever I, I tell people that or, or you and I will hang out and I'll joke about it, but you literally wrote the book about real estate. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a syndication, right? You syndicated a book.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, I consulted with a property rights attorney to make sure I was following all the laws with that and everything. But, uh, um, yeah, so you can find that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Google play iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's
0: fantastic. All right. So you got a bot podcast two Now you got a book. So how have these, these ways of giving education giving back to the real estate investment community helped you and your business?
1: Well, uh, let me add one more thing that I'm doing. I also run oh, yeah. a meetup, uh, so a, a kind of a I happy hour, that. yeah, happy hour networking meetup, which uh, is great because we just, you know, show up at some different breweries and bars and stuff, and, and just talk real estate and uh, kind of learn from each other and, and, you know, meet potential partners or potential investors and and learn about deals that are going on.
0: I saw I saw that on Facebook. I didn't realize that you put that together. That's really yes. cool. Yep. Okay. Yep. So how how long have you been doing that?
1: Oh well, I started in uh, 2020, I suppose, which uh, a great time to start a meetup. <laughs> but so you are getting... your
0: meet at breweries in 2020. No, no,
1: it was it was virtual for a while, which is uh, you know okay, but it doesn't replace being in person to shake people's hand and look them in the eye. Uh, so it's it's nice that we're able to you know have it in person now. But um, yeah, so all these different things that I'm doing together, the idea is to add value to the community. Because I would say the most people who are in real estate now, myself included, didn't start off in real estate. We started with doing something completely different, but then came to it. And there's just, it's not the old boys club anymore. You know, Anybody can come and do it and learn about it. And there's just a lot more material uh, and, and support than there ever was in the past. And so I want to add to that, essentially, to help people become the best versions of themselves with real estate investing. To, reach their financial goals. Because I mean, real estate, it's a great medium to be able to get whatever you want to accomplish financially. And um, so the the different thing, the book, the the podcasts, the meetup group, it's all meant to create a community of education, of development, of support with one another. And you are doing that. Um, So this meetup, This really
0: is, that's how you really build a community when you get together Mm -hmm. in person. So, man, I love that you're doing that. Where, like, where do we find that? When do you meet? Where do we
1: find it? Well, uh, you can, you know, go on. um, The one I I run right now is Multifamily Mastermind, and you can find that on on Meetup. But uh, I'm about to move from Minneapolis to Madison, Wisconsin, so I'm going to start a new Meetup there. Uh, Same kind of deal, because there's really not anything like that in Madison, Wisconsin right right now yeah okay
0: and we do i mean we're we're open to doing some business up in madison so you let me know when that that moves complete um am i going to see you in in february when we come out there this is your last one or are you going to be gone by then
1: well i'm i'm moving in uh june uh like just in in two weeks from when we're oh, recording shoot. this podcast like two three weeks yeah
0: so by the time this thing is released you're going to already be in madison
1: yep exactly so <laughs> I, I haven't decided on, on a name of my new uh, meetup group yet but um
0: once you set that up, let me know. And we'll, we'll make sure we add that when we put the podcast out. Okay. Sounds good. We can get people to show up. How is that? How is that meetup going? So it's just, it's just get together, have a few drinks at a brewery and talk real estate. There's no, there's no speakers or
1: anything like that. No. Um, when I was doing the, it virtually, then we would have a speaker each time and you were one of the speakers at one of the the times. And then we'd have some networking after that. But, uh, I would say when it comes to any sort of group, like whether it's a conference or meetup or presentation or whatever, the best part of that is not the information that you learn from the presentation or the speech, it's the networking afterwards, and so I just wanted to have the best part of these groups, and that's all it is: It's just networking, meeting other people, you know, potential business partners, potential investors, uh, you know, learning tips and tricks that that uh, you know firsthand, you know, much more so than than going to uh, uh, you know a speech. Even if the speech is great, the networking afterwards is better. And I remember uh, the first time I met you, you you talked about the meeting after the meeting was really where the deals get done. You know what? If there's a, a real estate meeting, that's great, but there's going to be a meeting afterwards. You know, it's sort of an informal thing. That's where you want to be because that's where the real networking happens. And if there's another meeting after that at a you know, bar <laughs> or something, that's actually where you want to be because like each uh, consecutive meeting, you know, gets smaller and and a tighter knit group.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then you really get to know. You really get to know the people there as that group shrinks down, right? Yep. And and it's that relationship that you create that creates the
1: business, I think. Yep, exactly. So that's the idea of the meetup, just the best part of, of these groups.
0: Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we let you go?
1: No. I mean, if uh, uh, people email me, matt at huckwingcapital.com, I'm happy to give you a free digital copy of my book. Oh, that's awesome.
0: So free book. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm really excited for your new podcast. I'm excited for your new meetup group, your move. I'm gonna miss you when we come out there. Maybe you could still come out and and meet. It's not that far, right? Uh, But hopefully we see you again and we'll have to catch up and talk about your trip, man, because I love Europe, I love Germany. I know that's where you were. Um, So when we get some time, let's catch up. All right, sounds great. All right, man, thanks. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, if you did. Please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah, and tell a friend.